A rough game in Seattle for both the Clippers and the Jazz. The defense is way ahead of the offense. Is that an area for concern? Nope. Next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Today, we'll look at a rough game number two in Seattle, two very, very fatigued teams, and look at some of the offensive struggles, some of the highlights by individuals. The starting lineup has been good or bad. I'll let you decide on that. We'll dig into some of the lineups as well, and Will Hardy reveals a new defensive philosophy. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz, which is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much to all of the everydayers out there, including the everydayer who yelled at me in the arena last night, I'm an everydayer. I was like, yeah, love it. Uh, always say hi if you see me in the arena. I greatly appreciate that. It's super fun. Um, and thank you for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Uh, first thing, being back in Seattle was great. I did not, um, for those who don't know, I was the radio voice for the Sonics for a year before I got fired. Um, and I did not really know um, what I thought. And then I worked in Seattle from, I left Salt Lake in 98, worked in Seattle. Both my kids were born there. Um, I met my wife there. Um, did not know what that was going to be. Did not expect it to be an emotional night. For whatever reason, I thought it was cool to go back, but didn't see it as kind of this big emotional night in any way, shape, or form. And then it, and and to be truthful, it, it wasn't that. So I was accurate on that um, on my own personal level. But what, it was just cool to see everyone. Um, I saw all of my old talk show host friends, guys you know, Ian Furness, if you're a longtime Salt Lake sports radio, um, and then, uh, got to see that my wife was on the Seahawks broadcast team and got to see them, Steve Rabel and, and Warren Moon. And there was a big party that uh, uh, Mike Gaston, a longtime uh, Seattle sports uh, talk show host, invited, got me invited to. And um, everyone was there. So Nate McMillan, Muddy Wilkins, Dale Ellis. So that was really cool to see the community come out um, like that. Obviously, we should get a team back there. It's a travesty. There's the two worst trades in the history of the NBA or Vancouver to Memphis and Seattle to Oklahoma city. Um, so uh, th- those are travesties that uh, we would like to get rectified. All right. So that was a rough game. Um, I mean, just some of it was comical, right? Like back-to-back sequences with blown dunks. Not that surprising. When you consider that the jazz left Maui after the game, got in at 5. AM the day before you've gone through four days of training hard, three or four days of hard training camp. You play a game, you get a day off, but it's a brutal travel day. And then you just don't play. Nobody plays very well the next day. Not, not surprising, not concerning, just the reality. And then the Clippers did it the other way. They stayed in Hawaii then flew yesterday. So then they were just, they were dead too. So I'm not, you know, um, if I had any single takeaway, from the two games, if I was the Clippers, I'd be pretty excited. Like Kawhi looks great. PG doesn't, but he'll be fine. He's still huge. Um, and then Robert Covington was fabulous. And, and they just seem really long, really active, and really good. Um, so if if there was a takeaway to, on these two games, if the Clippers starting five 
um, which has two of the top 15, 20 players in the NBA and then a bunch of other really, really good players is vet, is superior to the Jazz starting five. Okay, we kind of knew that. Like, that's that's the story of our season. It's like ESPN's doing their rank right now. I was really surprised to see Walker, Jordan Clarkson, and Colin Sexton all ranked in the top 100. I, I, was, I was stunned, actually, um, which is great. Congratulations. Um, so we'll, but on most nights, we're going to be short talent in our starting five against our opponent, right? And the ringer top hundred, we were the only team that only had one player in the top hundred. So starting five each night, this is going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a slog. And the question is, can we stay close enough so that if, as we kind of go deeper and will starts to work the game a little bit, can we make inroads that that's, that's the, and then can we get an edge so that then the final four or five minutes of the second quarter and we can hold on and then the first you know there there are like the one thing starting lineups when people say that doesn't really matter who starts i don't agree with that because who starts matters to me because it's the only lineup that's on the floor for about 10 minutes at minimum a night right we're making our first substitution right now at the 814 oh no at the yeah about the 814 mark so it's about four minutes and then sometimes that group will circle back. Sometimes it won't. But even if that's it, then they get nine, 10 minutes a night together. There's no other five-man lineup that will get nine or 10 minutes. And if it circles back to close the half, then it's suddenly going to get you know, 12, 13, 14 minutes together. Um, maybe even more if it closes the game, then it's, then it's up to 16. Like, so it does matter who starts because it's the five that actually plays together the most. The, uh, after that, I kind of agree with everyone. You know, we subbed at the, um, uh, we subbed, oh, we, our first sub was actually at the 653 mark. It was 14 to eight, not 814. 653, right? So that group played five and five plus minutes together. So you're, you're, you're guaranteed to be at 10. Um, but we subbed at 653. Then that next lineup only plays 140 on the court. And then the next lineup played about three minutes, which is a lot on the floor. Um, and we do that kind of again. We actually had two, three, which is a lot. I don't know if we'll do that very often during the regular season when you're suddenly playing everyone more minutes. Um, we have seen some nice stuff. We've seen Chris Dunn have, and and Walker Kessel and Lucas Samanich have a fabulous second half against second team guys for the Clippers in game one. And we saw Taylor Horton Tucker and Keontae George do it um, last night, which is great. Um, and again, those are, you know, the bigger concern I've, I've always said about this is if you if you aren't good in those minutes, then it's it's a little disconcerting because those are Taylor Horton Tucker needs to be for us to be good. Taylor Horton Tucker needs to be a lot better than Xavier Moon, right? And Taylor Horton Tucker last night was certainly better than Xavier Moon. He was he was terrific. Uh, just literally put his shoulder down. Was so much better than him. Dominated him. Drove him in the lane. Scored with regularity, um, and and was pretty great. Um, I do. I'm, I'm, this is not going to earn me any brownie points. And I probably, you know, our offensive rating, by the way, with Taylor on the floor in the second half was a 140. Um, so really fabulous. I do, I do find, I do want to share. I, I find, you know, I get it. These are, we only have two games of sample size and it's no fun to not have an opinion. And we want you to have opinion. I literally ask you in the YouTube question of the day, who are you most impressed with in the preseason? And so everyone has their opinions. But what's funny to me is it does feel right now that there's like a contingency of jazz fans who are vocal that are very, very pro Chris Dunn. And then there's an, and, and that same group seems to me to be fairly anti Taylor Horton Tucker. And they're in a little bit of a quandary because if they want to take the Chris Dunn 
moments from night one and claim they're valid, then they have to claim that Taylor Horton Tucker's moments yesterday were valid too. Um, I think both of these players have their strengths and weaknesses and that really it's, there's no like, yes, no on either of them. I get it. That's not a very fun take. It's not very, you know, it, it, it doesn't come out definitively. Um, but it is, it is true. The offense is really struggling though. So in the first quarter last night, we were, um, uh, six of 18, two of seven from three with an 86 offensive rating. And in the second quarter, we were six of 23, two of 14 from three, five turnovers with a 69 offensive rating. Um, so, oh, actually, that's not, let me do that. Let me do that. First quarter, we were eight of 19, three of 11 from three, seven turnovers, and an 81 offensive rating. And in the second quarter, six of 23, two of 14, five turnovers, and a 69 offensive rating. So an 81 and a 69 offensive rating for the two quarters. We are, we are seriously scuffling offensively. I think that's just the night. Um, our second quarters have been disastrous um, so far um, in, in these um, in these two games. Um, and so, you know, uh, and our offensive um, – our offensive rating, we have not had a first half offensive rating over 100. Our our first um, quarter offensive rating, game one was a 96. Night two was an 86. Then second then se- uh, second quarter, night one was an 81. Second quarter, night two was a 69. So th- th- our defense has been pretty good. Um, and our offense is just, is just not there yet, right? We have, I think, 15 first quarter turnovers with an offensive rating about 88. In the second quarters, we have an offensive rating about 77. So those are rough. I'm not, you know, that's trying to figure it out. John being a part of it, figuring out what our guard line is, trying to play a certain style, moving the ball, not being totally ready. So it's it's not, you know, the hope is that this doesn't last for a particularly long period of time, I guess would be um, what I would tell you on that. I mean, that this, we start the season like this, it would be, it would be rough. Is it a starting lineup problem? I'll have that answer for you. And then will Hardy says, touch the ball. What does that mean? And it's going to be a reoccurring thing. You're going to hear more and more. Uh, We'll have that as we're just getting started here on locked on jazz. Today's show is brought to you by the official sportsbook of Locked On FanDuel. FanDuel is also the official sportsbook of the NFL. All sorts of great things for you. If you are a new user to FanDuel, we've got some really special deals for you right now. So let me make sure. being punch drunk on three hours of sleep and trying to come up with a catchy phrase that would get me fired from marketing department um, is me suddenly saying uh, bonus bets galore would certainly would certainly get me fired. Uh, Here it is. Uh, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. 
So that's right, $200 in bonus bets, which is kind of galore. No, it's not. Win or lose. I've been thinking, you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in the action now. Uh, the app's so easy to use, wide-ranging in bets. You can do NBA over-under win totals for the whole season. They've got opening night NBA out there. FanDuel slash locked on available. Kickoff and get involved in the NFL season as well. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your bonus bets. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com, including money lines, props, all the fun uh, in-game betting as well. It's all there for you at FanDuel.com slash locked on, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Today's show is also brought to you by Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E Medical. The world is certainly an uncertain place, whether it's pandemics, weather, political actions, whatever it might be. Uh, you want to make sure that your family is prepared and that you are empowered to take care of loved ones during the unexpected. And Jace handles everything from an online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivered and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes is to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board certified physicians. Get ongoing care from our from the Jace case, Jace Medical Physicians on any treatment related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended Jace case. Here's the deal. Here's the special deal for you. You get $20 off on life-saving antibiotics today with Jace Medical by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E medical.com. It's a Utah company, in fact. And Jace Case wants you to be empowered to take care of yourselves and your loved ones during the unexpected. So the Jace Medical offers the Jace Case, providing five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind that you need to have that medication on hand. Jace, J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on at checkout. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Tomorrow we'll start digging into a few more of our preview pieces. Um, I have a little kind of interesting plus minus thing, and then points gained is done. Points gained came out strangely, so I've got to look at it. Points gained is like one of the best teams in the league, not very not good. Like really, really strange. Kind of this, the way the Lakers came out that first year um, when they were the number one betting odds and I had them not making the playoffs. This team's not not making the playoffs, but it's it's not good. I got to make sure there's not a mistake in my number somewhere. I did it on the airplane out to Hawaii, so I haven't had a chance to double check it um, yet. All right, the starting lineup, which has been Taylor Horton Tucker, Colin Sexton, Lowry Markinen, John Collins and Walker Kessler, which actually the more I look at like how we're doing rotations makes more and more sense, particularly if Jordan's coming off the bench and Keontae and Jordan seem to be a nice combo together. And I'm not sure how you're getting Chris Dunn involved, um, but you know, you've got to in some way, cause he's, he's played real well in the settling force to, to what happens. We'll get into that in a second on some of the rotations and results um, that happen, but the starting lineup on night one was actually five of 10 from the field, two of five from three did have three turnovers, but had an offensive rating of 120. So the offensive line, uh, offensive line, the starting lineup in night one worked. Night two went three of eight from the field, one of four from three, had two turnovers, just eight points, and an 80 offensive rating. So it was not as good. But here's what's wacky. And this is where we just don't have enough sample size, and you can really kind of tell whatever story you want. So if you have an agenda, you can find the numbers to tell it. 
And that is that on night one, the offense was the best when Colin Sexton was on the floor and the worst when Kelly Olynyk was on the floor. And in night two, the offense was the best when Kelly Olynyk was on the floor and the worst when Colin Sexton was on the floor. Come on, that's kind of weird. I'll say it again in case you didn't totally follow it. Um, maybe you were passively listening. The night one, the offense was best when Kelly, when Colin Sexton was on the floor and worst when Kelly Olynyk was on the floor. And in night two, it was best when Kelly Olynyk was on the floor and worst when Colin Sexton was on the floor. The worst. So who knows? Um, Will Hardy was really interesting um, in about defense last night in the press conference. Uh, Will Hardy actually had a very good press conference yesterday. And so, um, oh, shoot, this is not the right book. Um, oh, well, I will be able to tell you about it. I pulled, I opened up, pulled the right book and then just didn't bring it in. Didn't bring it in the room. Um, so Will already talked about last year defensively all the changes they made. And we've, and we've been talking about this a lot. The everydayers will recognize this conversation about like, who are we going to be defensively and what are we and, and how's it, you know, what is it and how is it going to play out? And what's interesting to me is it, it's not entirely clear, right? So that's the first thing of like a year ago, we played this kind of aggressive out on the perimeter, deny all threes defense. And then the personnel changed and Walker started playing more. And we went to staying right at the rim and denying the rim. And we're pretty good at denying the rim, but we, and we're really good at everything, but we forced zero turnovers, like 10% turnover rate, which if I have done my research correctly, if we actually did that for a season, it would be the lowest rate like in NBA history. Um, so that's a problem. Um, it was like the defense was was better and the transition was interesting. Um, we went from 17th in defending the shot to fifth. And we went from 25th in league in defense rebound to 13th. And we went from fouling from 21st to 13th. So those were all amazing. The problem was that our turnover rate was so low that we actually weren't very good defensively. We we're still only 19th. So Will Hardy talked about how last year the coaches taught about feet and positioning and did a poor job of talking about teaching hands and he said the Clippers and the Thunder are two of the best teams at doing that and um, so this year that one of their kind of big defensive things is to touch the ball he wants his defenders to touch the ball um, and that's us trying to increase our deflections increase our turnovers um, to because if we can increase our turnover if we can actually be similar to those numbers fifth I mean, wow. I mean, if we're fifth defensively against the shot and we're um, 13th defensive rebounding and 13th in free throw rate, and we become, I mean, anything close will be a top 10 defense. Like that's, if we can become, I think, I mean, if you're, there is no one in the league last year, if I remember correctly, and I'm checking it right now, that was in the top half of all four, four factors. Like, I don't think there was a defense last year. There certainly wasn't an offense. Um, the only def – nope, there was not a defense last year that was in the top of all four factors. Um, the closest was Golden State. They were 10th against the shot, 17th in forcing turnovers, 15th in offensive rebounds, and 19th in free throw rate. So, I mean, two of them were not. Um, the team that would be most similar to what I just talked about, um, and there was a really good defense, is – 
is Phoenix last year was the fifth best team against the shot, 10th best team at forcing turnovers, 22nd in offensive run, last in free throw rate. They fouled a lot, and yet they were still the ninth best um, defense overall in the season. Um, another one that would be similar to this is the Lakers. The Lakers last year um, were the sixth best team in the league in effective field goal percentage, ninth best team in offensive run, number one team at not fouling. And then they, but they forced almost no turnovers. They were the sixth best defensive team in the league. Oh, excuse me. They were the 13th best team defensive team in the league. So if we could just get our turnover rates to about 20th or somewhere in that range while still being, you know, if you were a top 10 team in effective field goal percentage defense, all but um, three of the top 10 teams in effective field goal percentage were teams that were in the top 10 defensively. Um, the Knicks were and were not, but that's because they were 25th in the league enforcing turnovers. The Lakers were 13th. That's because they were 28th in the league enforcing turnovers. And Brooklyn was not. That's because they were 29th in rebounding. So unless you have like a really glaring scar, if you can defend the shot as well as we did last year, you're going to be a top 10 defensive team. This would be great for us. Um, and frankly, this is watching us a little bit. This is what we have to be. But you've got to get your hands on the ball. We've got to be able to have a bigger impact than the 10% turnover rate we had last year um, after Walker moved it, after the trades and after Walker moved into the starting lineup. So one of the big things that Will Hardy has talked about is they're teaching hands much more. We saw it with the Clippers. Robert Covington had four or five deflections, got his hands on a ton of balls um, last night. Um, and, you know, the... Um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and our guys really had our time. And every time somebody spun, they took the ball away. Um, so we'll see whether or not this is something, but this is an emphasis that Will Hardy has, has put out on the floor on this team this year is to touch the ball uh, much more defensively than they have. One lineup was particularly good last night. When you look at the rotations and we'll dig into that and look at what each of the lineups did last night and how our rotations were similar or different than in game number one. As we continue on your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, we're just getting started. So we'll keep it rolling looking at those rotations here on Locked on Jazz. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Have you picked up the Jazz mini plans? All-star plan, weekend plan, Western rival plan, game month plan, starting five plan, all at utahjazz.com. On that note, I want to take a second, um, and this is because I work with these people and they just do incredible work, and so I want to tip my hat to Travis Henderson, Caroline Klein, um, so many other people involved who probably deserve credit. Um, the Jazz TV crew has literally built an entire sports media entity um, in the last like few months. Uh, Jazz Plus has gone off for two nights. My understanding is fairly hitchless. Um, really an incredible accomplishment. Um, the numbers of signups on Jazz Plus are are fabulous. The amount of people that have signed up for $125 a season, which is less than $1.50 a game, and you get a free two tickets and a T-shirt and a hat, so it's like it's virtually even cost, is is through the roof. It's just awesome how many people have done this. It's a sign of, of the Jazz. The NBA is like going to be wowed by this. This is becoming a raging success. So congratulations um, to the Jazz crew that's done it, and then I hope you've already signed up. If you haven't, please do. You get the game streamed um to you and you can watch the game and, and be curious what people's experience has been but i think it's been seamless so far um and been great also special thanks they got the audio button back up on the app um for listening to the broadcast so thank you very much for that all right um let's look at some rotation things that took place um 
So we started with Taylor Horton, Tucker, Colin Sexton, Lowry, Marketing, John Collins, and Walker Kessler. Again, the, the starting lineup was minus six. And then our first substitutions were Kelly Olenek, four walkers. So John Collins becomes the center. Um, and Jordan Clarkson comes in. That lineup was actually only on the floor for about two minutes before we made the next substitution, which was John Collins going out. We were plus one. So I was curious to see, like, John Collins' center minutes, how those are doing. And and they played about two minutes there. We'll keep it. We'll keep track of it. But they played about two minutes, and they were plus one um, right there. John has been quiet. I think this is a massive adjustment for him um, so far. Um, then we had uh, Keontae George come into the game, and then a similar Ochai Adbazi comes in for John Collins, and Lowry Markkinen slides to the four. So we're now playing KO with Lowry Markkinen, Ochai Adbazi, Keontae George, and Jordan Clarkson. I really like this. Like you've got. Ochai creating some stuff. You've got Clarkson and Keontae that are drivers, and you have a five-out lineup with Olenek and Markin. It's our best spacing group you have out there. It did not do particularly well. It was minus four in that stretch um, when it was on the floor, but that's a lineup I think we should continue to see and keep an eye on. I do like it. It's five out. It's stretched. It allows Keontae to have room. It allows Jordan to have room. Those two seem to be okay together. Um, so there's something there. Then we close with Keontae and Jordan Clarkson with Ochai still, and then Kelly Olenek, and then Walker Kessler comes in. So we went back to Walker Center, and we were plus one for the final minute 40 of that with Lowry finally getting a rest. We opened the third quarter, and here's the lineup that had the most success. Opened the second quarter. Here's the lineup that had the most success. Now, it is worth noting that uh, Zubak got hurt, so they were at Diabate and Plumley as their centers, but I think Plumley was in at this point. Um, Chris Dunn, Jordan Clarkson, Ochai Baji, Kelly Olenek, and Walker Kessler. So no Lowry Markkinen on the floor in this lineup. And this is the same lineup that kind of closed the first quarter and it played for three minutes was plus six. So it turned out to be a plus seven yesterday of Chris Dunn, Jordan Clarkson, Ochai Baji, Kelly Olenek, and Walker Kessler. It's like an interesting little thing to keep an eye on. Like Kelly ball moving, Chris Dunn, ball moving, Jordan defensively, Walker defensively, Ochai defensively. Um, so I think there's interesting, there's something that's maybe there. And then, so we got the game down to two, it was 31-29 and we made another substitution. This is where we brought Simone and Colin Sexton in. And this is where we're playing 10 guys. I just don't think we're going to play 10 guys. So, um, with 9.21 left, we, we brought in Colin Sexton, Simone Fontecchio, Kelly Olenek goes out. We are crazy small. All of a sudden, we were playing Keontae, or Chris Dunn, Jordan Clarkson. Colin Sexton is kind of the three. Simone Fontecchio is the four with Walker. And shortly thereafter, we brought in Taylor Horton Tucker. And then things kind of began to slip on us. We went from down two to down seven um, pretty quickly um, in, in minus eight in that grouping. And then we had then we had Taylor Horton Tucker, Colin Sexton, Simone Fontecchio, Lowry Markin, and, and John Collins on the floor. So we went back to having John Collins at center, um, which again I kind of wanted to keep an eye on and see how it worked. And it was with Simone, which is not a natural lineup, but it, it played even. So um it, I'm looking right now. It, it might have played minus two. It played minus two for a few minutes. So John Collins center minutes were about five minutes last night, plus one or minus one overall. So not a lot um, to either side of it, but you know, we did see that. Um, we did see a little John Collins center. We saw some Kelly Olenek center in for Walker Kessler um, in the first quarter. Um, 
or when he's playing with Lowry Markkinen. So we've saw kind of three different center lineups. I, I really frankly think Kelly Olenek plays the four because um, he's just not a good enough rebounder to be five. So when, when Kelly Olenek's playing at the with Lowry Markkinen, I kind of see Lowry as the center. So we saw Walker in the center to start tonight. We went minus six. Then we saw John Collins in the center, went plus one for a minute or two. Then I feel like we went Lowry at center and we went minus four. Then we went plus seven with Walker back at center. Um, then we were even Walker staying at center. And then we had the, where we kind of fell apart. We went minus eight, which I think Walker was still at center with Chris Dunn, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Ochai, or Colin Sexton, Simone Fontecchi and Walker. It's not a lineup. I think we're going to see. So it's kind of an interesting one. As you dig in the lineups, suddenly being, you know, falling behind by 10 to the Clippers in the, in the first half, when all the minutes were real and Kawhi Leonard was going like, I kind of feel we fell behind. Cause we just played this one lineup. We're just, I just do not think we're going to play like, um, if I look at our first half numbers the uh, last night, um, and I look, I think Simone ends up playing five and a half minutes. He's even in that stretch. Keontae played eight minutes. He was plus five. Um, so it, it's, it's just, I, I, I don't suspect that we're going to see 10 guy rotation. It's just, it's super hard to do. Coaches generally try to stay away from it. And we were right in kind of in this game, playing it tight. Um, you know, somewhat, somewhat in it. And then it kind of slides away from us, um, a little bit late in that, in that second quarter. Um, and you know, I, I would just, you know, my thought on that one is, um, our first half, or actually Simone was six minutes and minus six. I, those are the numbers I gave from, were from the other night. Yeah. I just don't think those six minutes in which, I mean, I think we might've played 11. Um, yeah, we played 11 guys last night. So we're just, that's not a realistic moment. And frankly, Simone being minus six in those six minutes or just six minutes. I I just don't think that lineup is something we're going to see in a regular season, which suddenly you take that out. And last night's performance would feel a lot better, right? It's, it's a pretty close game. It's 33, 31. And we kind of go to this unique lineup. Um, And then it's 38 31. We bring Collins back in for Dunn and we bring Markin back in for Kessler. And now John's probably playing the five and we, we just stay with them for the rest of the half. Really. Um, I think they stretch it out by one more bucket or something like that, but it's basically, we're staying with them for the rest of the half. We were down eight and then finished down 10. So to me, that that changes my perspective a little bit on the whole ball game. It was rough. The shooting wasn't very good. The offense wasn't very good, but like there was this rotation in the middle of the game that was, plus seven. That's exactly the script by which we're going to have to win games this year. And then there's a middle stretch of the second quarter where we're minus seven, where it's just not a lineup. I think we're ever going to see. Uh, so we'll see. All right. We'll got a bunch of stuff throughout the week coming for you. Saturday, we'll play Portland um, in preseason, first preseason home games. So make sure you get your tickets for that. I uh, look forward to talking with you guys more throughout the week. We will do points gained by the end of the week. So, well, probably points gained next week, actually. Um, yeah, Monday and Tuesday of next week, um, we play New Zealand Breakers, and then we'll do points gain um, in there. So thank you very much for tuning in to Locked On Jazz. Go make Locked On NBA your second listener of the day. Thank you to all the everydayers. Appreciate you. Five-star reviews are much appreciated on any of the platforms. Tell a friend or two so that you have smart friends to hang out with during the NBA season this year. Have a good one. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.